Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Let me start by asking a couple of questions tonight. Who out there would love to be a little bit richer? Hands up. Who'd like to be a bit richer? Really, only half of you would like to be a bit richer. Really? Wow. Lying in church. Oh. Again, hands. Who'd like to be a little bit happier? A little bit happier? Who's not putting their hands up because I reckon this is a setup? <laughs> Who'd like to be just a little bit wiser? Here's the thing, guys. When it comes to riches, there's not a lot I can do with this many people. My resources are very much limited. I could give you all a couple of bucks, but that's probably about the end of it. In terms of making you happier... Guys, I can make some of you happier some of the time. I'm sure that I can make many of you unhappy more of the time. And for my children in this room, I'm sure they would say most of the time. But the reality is, is that I can help you get wiser. And the title of my message tonight is wise guys. Because this is one of those things that God is calling us to be. The pursuit of knowledge has always been a deep-seated desire within humanity. It's shown by the billions of dollars, that is billions of dollars, that we spend each year on space exploration and on medical research. NASA's annual budget is $18 billion a year. It's a phenomenal figure. With all this money being spent to gain knowledge, it's important to recognise that wisdom and knowledge are not the same thing. It's not wrong to seek knowledge. Knowledge is good, but wisdom is better. Before I started working at Victory Church, which was over 10 years ago, which was a little bit scary, prior to that, for 11 years, I was a high school teacher. I realised I probably just lost everyone over here because all of a sudden I just became the enemy. I get that. As a teacher, I used to get asked all the time, what did I teach? My standard answer was always, kids. I taught kids. Whatever issue the kids came into my class with needed to be addressed before I taught any subject. If the kids came in after lunch and there'd been a fight in the schoolyard, that issue needed to be addressed first before I could teach anything else. Whatever behaviour manifested in the class needed to be dealt with before I could keep teaching. Whatever (laughs) odours came out in that class 
needed to be dealt with (laughs) before I could keep teaching. Because I taught kids, I rarely had behaviour management issues in my class. However, I knew I taught alongside a lot of people who were much smarter than me. I taught alongside people who were doctorates in their field. I taught alongside people of doctorates of physics, doctorates of chemistry. Freaked me out, to be honest with you, how smart they were. Unfortunately, not so wise. If I just come over here for a moment, because some of you guys know who I'm talking about. Some of you guys are sitting in classes right now, probably, going, gee, I just don't get that teacher. They're smart, but perhaps not that helpful. The reality is, is that for some people, the smarter they are, doesn't necessarily mean that they've become any wiser. And for a lot of these people, a lot of these teachers, a lot of these colleagues at the time, they'd lost sight of the fact that they were teaching kids. They thought they were teaching a subject. Because of that, they had behavioural management issues in their class because you guys would play up for those teachers, right? Here's the reality. When kids come into your class, they're not sponges waiting to be filled with some content or knowledge. When kids come into the class, they're kids. And we need to treat them as such. If you think back to when you guys were at school, now come over this side of the room. If you think about when you were at school, if you had a favourite teacher, I guarantee you it's because they showed an interest in you personally. Not because of the content they were teaching, but they were genuinely interested in you. When it comes to dealing with people, wisdom trumps knowledge every single time. Tonight, we're going to have a look at how we can indeed become wise guys. I'm going to start by reading Luke chapter 2, verse 41 to 52. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they travelled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like... No, she didn't. <laughs> when, his mother, when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? Jesus asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? 
but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and man. I know that this isn't a traditional scripture that we would use when we talk about wisdom. We would normally go to Solomon, who asked for wisdom and got it and more. It may not be a usual scripture, but again, Jesus wasn't a usual kind of person. The scripture that I want to, I wanted to use this scripture as well because it highlights that both age and wisdom are not linked. There's a saying, growing old is mandatory, growing up is optional. And unfortunately, and I do mean it, unfortunately, it's increasingly likely in this society that people are growing older, but not wiser. This is not what God wants for us. The reverse is also demonstrated here. Jesus was 12 years old in this scripture, showing immense wisdom amongst the teachers that were there. So today there's four things that I want to draw from this scripture about wisdom. The first one, wisdom comes from asking and listening. In verse 46, it said, After three days they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. This is Jesus. This is Jesus placing himself at the feet of the teachers and actively engaging with them. Again, think about this. This is God himself in human form, sitting at the feet of humans and asking and engaging. If this was a learning point for Jesus... How much more so for us? Sir Isaac Newton was a mathematician and physicist in the 16 and 1700s. He's widely recognised as one of the most influential scientists of all time. And he said, I find intelligence is better spotted when analysing the question asked than the answers given. I find intelligence is better spotted when analysing the question asked than the answers given. Often, questions are not asked to find out information. When I was a teacher, I didn't ask my students a question so that I could find the answer. I asked my students a question to find out what they knew. And I find that even as a pastor, same things happen now. Most of the times, the question is not to find the right answer. The question is to find out where people are at. Because the reality is, is that God wants to deal with us where we're at. Not where we think we're at. Not where we would like to be. But it's only through asking a question that we can actually find out where people are really at and then help them move forward from there. If wisdom comes from asking and listening, then asking good questions is the key. So what are some good questions? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Some good questions to always ponder. Why did I react that way? Great question to ask. A question that's going to lead to wisdom. Why are they pushing my buttons? 
How can I change my behaviour? How can I forgive that person? What is my next step? All great questions. All questions that are going to lead to wisdom. I grew up in the era of Sunday school. Anyone else here grow up in the era of Sunday school? What was the answer to every question in Sunday school? Jesus. It didn't matter what was asked, the answer was Jesus. Do you know what the answer to most of our questions is now? It's still Jesus. Unfortunately, we haven't moved past a Sunday school understanding of the answer. The answer is still Jesus, but there needs to be a greater depth than Sunday school. There needs to be a a searching, a knowing, a wanting to find that answer. And the answer is Jesus. In James 1.5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Here's the reality. I could stop preaching. If we actually did this, we wouldn't need to be talking about wisdom. This is one of the most liberating scriptures that I've found. Because the reality is, it doesn't matter how smart you are, it doesn't matter how rich you are or happy you are or anything like that. If you want wisdom, all you need to do is ask God. And God will give you a little bit of it, right? No, the scripture says God will give it to you generously. Now, whatever generous is in your head is not the generous that God is talking about here. God's generous far exceeds our generous. God knew our condition. God knew what we needed and he sent Jesus as the answer. God's generous is way beyond our generous. And all we need to do is ask God and he'll give us wisdom generously. When you speak, you have the opportunity of repeating the knowledge and the wisdom that you have. And that's not a bad thing, because I get to do that right now. In preparing for this, I've done the research, I've, I've uh, studied, I know what I'm on about. I get the opportunity to share with you guys. I get the opportunity to speak. But wisdom comes through listening and asking. Speaking means that I can show what I've learned. Through asking and through listening, you have the opportunity of coming on the journey with me. Listening really is learning. My second point tonight. Wisdom leads to simplicity. In verse 49, Jesus replied to his parents, Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Or as another translation puts it, or about my father's business. Wisdom tells you where you should be and what you should do. Jesus was effectively saying to his parents, if you stopped and if you thought about it, 
you'd know where I'd be. Now, let's not be too, let's, <laughs> let's not be too harsh on Mary and Joseph. This is three days later. Three days they've lost their 12-year-old son. I walk my dog every morning. If he's gone more than 30 seconds, he's up to no good. All right? As parents, you know when things go quiet, you got two minutes max. Seriously. If you don't find out what's going on in two minutes, there's going to be tears, screams, howls, whatever. But you got two minutes. Or maybe that's just my experience. Can you imagine what this looks like for Mary and Joseph when they passed away and they're standing before God the Father in heaven, a judgment, and God the Father asks them the same question that he's going to ask all of us. What did you do with my son? Ouch. Well, we did lose him for three days. How often in our lives have we lost Jesus for more than three days? Ouch. Wisdom leads to simplicity. Knowledge turns the simple to complex. Wisdom turns, sorry, turns the complex to simple. Guys, over here, bear with me for a moment, all right? I just need to take these guys back to school. Pretty simple. I'm going to take this tennis ball, I'm going to drop it. What's going to happen? That's going to happen. Pete, do stop it. If I come over here and I drop this tennis ball, what's going to happen? Same thing. If I take this tennis ball anywhere within this auditorium and drop it, what's going to happen? Same thing. Pretty simple, right? Have a look at the screen. (laughs) Guys, what you see in front of you are five equations of linear motion that we teach to our year, probably about 11, 12 students at school. So, if I drop this tennis ball, simple. That motion, dropping that tennis ball, is described like that when it comes to physics. Using those equations, if I drop this tennis ball, I can find the speed that it hits the stage at. Or... If there was a fan directly above blowing it down, I could then work out how much faster the ball would hit. Or if I threw the ball up and then came straight back down again, straight back down again, then these equations would be used in two different parts. 
One on the way up, one on the way down. Simple, complex. Knowledge takes the simple to the complex. What does wisdom say about these equations? Waste of time. What does, what does wisdom say about these equations? Who cares? What does wisdom say about these equations? Wisdom says this is too simple. These equations only apply for linear motion. Only straight up and down. As soon as I do this... Oh! As soon as that ball doesn't travel straight anymore, these equations don't apply. We need a whole set of new equations, harder equations than this. Knowledge takes the simple to complex. Wisdom takes the complex to symbol. What does wisdom say? Wisdom says if you're jumping out of a plane, make sure you've got a parachute. <laughs> can, I, can I make it even just a little bit more simple for you guys? Proverbs 4, the whole chapter of Proverbs 4 is titled, Get Wisdom at Any Cost. From chapter 5, it says, Get Wisdom, Get Understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost you all you have, get understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honour you. In Proverbs 9.10, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Knowing God is where wisdom starts. Once wisdom has started, then all you need to do is go back to God and ask for some more. Apply what is given you, go back to God. Ask for some more. It's the source of our wisdom. Point number three. Wisdom is holistic. In verse 51, it says, Then he went down to Nazareth. Sorry, we went down, then he went to, down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother... Oh, let me try that again. Sorry, guys. Wow. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Jesus left the temple to return home with his parents and be obedient to them. Let's just think about this for a moment. This boy this God boy 
who'd been sitting with and amazing the teachers, went home with his carpenter father and back to woodwork. If this story was set in today's context, what would we do? A 12-year-old boy amazing everyone. We'd probably grab our phones. We'd probably video it. We'd probably Instagram it and Facebook it. We'd take a selfie (laughs) with the smart kid. Because we're smart by association, right? The video probably would have gone viral. And then in a few months, possibly, be forgotten. Have you guys noticed how obsessed we are in our society with information? Social media is full of it. The internet is full of it. We pride ourselves on being able to get anything we need at the drop of a hat. Information. But information isn't knowledge. If information was knowledge, having access to all of this would make us smarter. Is that what you've seen? No. It's just more information. Information isn't knowledge, and knowledge isn't wisdom. Let's go back to those equations that I threw up before. For some of you, this is information. It's a thing. It's glazing you over, but it exists, so it's, it's something. It's information. For a smaller group in this room, this is knowledge. A smaller group in this room can take these equations and rearrange them and do some stuff with them. But for a smaller group again, there's wisdom in this. We can apply these equations to a circumstance. We all have access to information. A smaller group of us can turn that information into knowledge. A smaller group of us again can turn knowledge into wisdom. And that wisdom is available anytime you want to ask. Hebrew culture was hugely different to our culture. Jesus went back home with his parents. Why? Because the Hebrew people weren't so interested in information. They weren't so interested in knowledge. The Hebrew people were interested in wisdom. They weren't interested in how much you knew. They wanted to see how much you could apply and work out in your life. Wisdom is holistic because it applies to everything that we do. In 1 Corinthians 8 verses 1 to 3, it says, We know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to know. But whoever loves God is known by God. This scripture is talking about the Hebrew knowledge versus what we would call knowledge. Hebrew wisdom versus what we would call wisdom. When this scripture says those who think they know something, in other words, they have some head knowledge that they can talk about. 
do not yet know as they ought to know. In other words, they've got head knowledge, they can talk about it, but they're not yet walking it out. They don't yet really know it as they need to know it. Wisdom is not what we say. Wisdom is how we live our lives. Wisdom is demonstrated. There's a saying that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Wisdom will always walk itself out. My final point tonight, number four, wisdom grows. In verse 52, it says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and with man. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. It happens to me fairly frequently. Sitting in a meeting, there's always one person that's a bit quiet. There's always one person that doesn't say anything. And you have your discussion and you're talking and you're thrashing it through and you're looking at this angle and that angle and trying to work it all out and going round and round and round in circles. And then this one person says one thing and it's just like, boom, drop the mic, walk away. It's done. It's done. Wisdom often speaks last and least. We need to make room for the wisdom of God to speak last and to speak least into every situation that we're dealing with. In James 3, verses 13 to 17, it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial, and sincere. In conclusion, in a year that we've themed Reach and Reproduce, it's our prayer that wisdom is our portion. It's our prayer that wisdom is one of those things that we reproduce. God's calling it out of us. He's equipping us. He's giving us a way to get it. And it's our prayer that we indeed all become wise guys. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 